From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. Coming up, President Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, was on CBS Face the Nation yesterday morning responding to Vladimir Putin's latest threat to use nuclear weapons. It is a matter that we have to take deadly seriously because it is a matter of paramount seriousness, the possible use of nuclear weapons for the first time since the Second World War. So just how volatile is the global landscape? We'll get an assessment from our own general, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, later here on Washington Watch. And in light of the growing global volatility and the growing possibility that the U.S. may need to rely upon its military strength, it raises the question as to why the military is still forcing members out for not having the COVID shot, which now we know is not very effective at all. We're going to talk about that with a member of the House Armed Services Committee, Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson, who sent a letter last week to the Secretary of the Army on this very topic. And the United States Coast Guard is actually going further than the other branches kicking out the unvaccinated. The move has prompted two retired admirals to speak out after their efforts to quietly get answers were rebuffed by the current leadership. One of those admirals, retired Vice Admiral Dean Lee, is here later with the details. Also, the Biden administration responding to the Republicans' commitment to America over the weekend. And what we see again with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. That was White House advisor Keisha Lance Bottoms on MSNBC yesterday. The issue is not that MAGA Republicans are disrupting our democracy. What it is, is they threaten to disrupt the left's plan to destroy our republic. That's why the left's upset. So guess what? We need to make sure we do just that. Disrupt their plans by voting in the November election and encouraging others to vote, too. Well, the president himself actually weighed in on the commitment to America at a speech to a Democratic National Committee event that was held at the National Education Association's headquarters in D.C. on Friday. If you give me two more Democratic senators in the United States Senate, I promise you, I promise you, we're going to codify Roe and once again make Roe the law of the land. Yes, as Americans are struggling to put food on the table, to put gas in the cars, that's what the president and his administration is campaigning on, making abortion universal up until the day of birth and beyond and forcing taxpayers to pay for it. In fact, we'll hear a little bit later Vice President Harris campaigning in Wisconsin over the weekend on abortion as well. I'll share with you what she had to say a little later. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you, so be sure and visit TonyPerkins.com. The word for today comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, which is the account of Solomon and the Israelites dedicating the great temple built so that they could worship the one true God. Quote, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. 
If the phrase, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, sounds familiar, it may be because it appears more than 150 times in the Bible. It was commonly used in the worship of God in the Old Testament. It was both a praise of God and his character, and it was also a continual reminder of where they had placed their hope and their trust. God is good, and his mercy does endure forever for those who have placed their trust in him. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org Bible. Republican Party leadership announced their commitment to America they, uh, the agenda last Friday in Pennsylvania. They provided a plan that helps average working Americans with a focus on the economy, crime, and illegal immigration that is flooding across our borders. Here was President Biden responding to the commitment to America on Friday at an event. Democracy will be on the ballot. Americans will have to choose between the MAGA Republican platform who have embraced extremism and the big lie. Democrats, independents, and mainstream Republicans who believe in the rule of law. Rejecting the will of the people and accepting the results of a fair and free election is what we're about, not what they're about. So what is this extreme Republican platform that the president says threatens our democracy, or more accurately, our republic? Is it the parental rights that they're advocating for? Protecting the unborn, maybe? Religious freedom? These are threats to the country? I guess so, in the mind of the president and his administration. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Mike Johnson. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the House Armed Services Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of my home state of Louisiana. Congressman Johnson, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. Great to be with you, as always. I want to get into the issue of the vaccine because you've spoken to uh, the, the military about that. But first, we, before we get to that, I want to talk about the commitment to America and that plan. I had uh, our, our good friend uh, Steve Scalise on the program Friday after it was introduced. We talked about it. Uh, why is this what the country needs as we head into the midterms? Well, we've been really excited, uh, anxious to, to roll this out. You know, there are a lot of things to rail against right now. There, there's a crisis at every turn. You and I have talked about this frequently, and the American people talk around, about it around their kitchen table. Uh, the, the Biden administration has made a mess of everything. The Democrat-led Congress has made a mess of everything. So we can go out and um, and, and, and curse the darkness and, and talk about all the problems, and, and we should highlight those. But what's really important is for us to say what we're for. And not unlike the contract with America that everybody remembers fondly from the mid-'90s when Newt Gingrich and the Republicans took control of the House for the fir- first time in 40 years, uh, we rolled out the commitment to America. And we're talking about basic common sense commitments that I think the American people demand and deserve of us. And that is to make a a nation that is safe, uh, a nation that's free, a a nation that's secure, and a government that's accountable. And and when I'm around Louisiana, Tony, or around the country at events for other candidates and and, and incumbents that that are going to be reelected this fall, these are the things we hear, the common refrain we hear from the people. They, They want it, and this has been very, very well received. So, so Mike, we, we hear, I mean, just now we hear the president talking about these things. All of a sudden, this is the party that wanted to defund the police, and now they're talking about promoting the police as their crime has gotten out of control. I mean, there's, there's barely an inch of America that has not become affected by the lawlessness that they unleashed two years ago. So 
How does the American public buy what they're selling, knowing what they have delivered in the last two years? No one does. I mean, they're they're operating in a fantasy world. You know, you heard a little clip of the president's response to our rollout of the commitment to America yesterday. Of course, as usual, he's reading verbatim from a teleprompter that some staffer wrote. The president's not seen anything that we've rolled out. Um, I'm not sure that he would understand it anyway. Uh, th these are these are talking points that are not based in reality, and everybody can see that. You can go out and tell people that they're not struggling uh, financially, that they're not having a hard time making ends meet, that the cost of living has not gone up, but they know that that's not true. You can tell them that the border is secure, as they keep saying over and over, and everyone can see that that is obviously not true. You can say that the crime is under control and that they support the police, but there's this long record of all of them, from the president on down and the top leaders of Congress, who have been on record saying they wanted to defund the police and disrespect law enforcement. Well, this is what it's raw. So I, I think the American people have the receipts. They have their number. They, they know that who's responsible for this. And I think that they're going to let their verses, voices be heard in a big way on November 8th. So, Congressman Johnson, I want to talk about a couple of the issues that our viewers and listeners care about. You and I have talked about these issues. You've campaigned on them. You've actually worked to legislate on them. Both of us have. And that's the issue of the sanctity of human life. It is a part of the commitment, the protection yeah. of the unborn and their mothers. Religious freedom is a part of uh, this commitment. Education, of course, religious freedom touches on so many things today as the left has been pushing their ideology. But I, I want to play a clip of the vice president who was campaigning in Wisconsin. The, the left is really campaigning hard on abortion, all right? And I, and I know that in the wake of Dobbs, the landscape has changed. And, and so some Republicans are afraid to talk about this issue. I still think this is an issue that our voters care deeply about, and they need to know that the Republicans' commitment remains firm on this. But I want you to respond to this clip. Let me play this clip of uh, Vice President Harris. Clip three, please. You don't have to change your faith or abandon your faith or your, or your deeply held beliefs to agree. The government should not be telling a woman what to do with her body. Uh, Mike, is that not an affront to every Bible-believing Christian in America? Well, it, clearly it is, and it shows that the vice president of the United States uh, has no understanding of, of the basic doctrines of our Judeo-Christian heritage. The, the, the fundamental uh, tenets of the Christian faith is that we believe, of course, that we're all made in the image of God, that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows the number of hairs on the top of our head, every thought and meditation of our heart. He has a, a great plan for each of our lives. Um, th this is a, a personal relationship we have with our creator. The founders of our country acknowledge that, by the way. They said all of us are created equal. They thought that was a self-evident truth. Not born equal, created equal. So um, for her to just kind of wave her hand and dismiss uh, the views of what is still, I think, the vast majority of Americans uh, just shows how completely out of touch they are. They, they care not about uh, the right to conscience, about the sincerely held religious beliefs of, of most Americans if it gets in the way of their political agenda. And, and as you noted, Tony, so, so importantly, the contrast between our position and our view and theirs is so stark. I mean, the Democrats have voted in this Congress, of course, on legislation that would authorize and allow for the, the slaughter of an unborn child, for the termination of a pregnancy, all the way up to the very moment of, of birth. This is not hyperbole. It's in the legislation, and everyone can see that for themselves. So uh, this is a choice in this election between those who would regard and, and protect the sanctity of every single human life and those who have no, no regard for it at all.
Well, Congressman, their legislation goes farther than that. As you know, it would eliminate most common sense state provisions that are out there all across this country, whether it be parental notification, ultrasound laws. Uh, All of these would be wiped away by the Democrats' measure that, if I'm not mistaken, actually has passed the House twice, uh, waiting in the the Senate. They voted on it, haven't passed it. It is a concern for the lame duck. I think that it could come back. But I just had last week on my program... um, uh, Robert uh, Kahali with uh, Trafalgar. The polling on this, 60% of Americans support where the Republicans on this. Reasonable approaches to protecting the unborn, only 40%. And this is after 40% support the Democrats' radical position, but that's after all that's been done through the media. Anyway, we're, we're up against a break. Mike, stick with us, because on the other side of the break, we're going to continue this conversation and also talk about the vaccines in the military. So, folks, stick with us. We've got more Washington Watch uh, coming on the other side of this break. Congressman Mike Johnson is with us, and uh, we'll continue this conversation about the vaccines. We're going to talk about the contrast between the two parties. There is a clear contrast, and we need to be praying. We need to be voting. We need to be standing for our biblical values. In fact, uh, later this week, I'm going to roll out a pledge to see if you will pledge to pray, vote, and stand as we move into this midterm election. So don't go away. On the other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Congressman Mike Johnson. And still to come, we'll be joined by our own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin to talk about what's happening in Russia, what's happening in Iran as well. All that and more still to come on this edition of Washington Watch. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, We are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. So good to have you with us on this uh, Monday. We're continuing our conversation with Congressman Mike Johnson. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the House Armed Services Committee. He's also part of the leadership team. He represents the 4th Congressional District of my home state of Louisiana. All right, Mike, we were going into that break, and uh, I, I, didn't, I wanted you to finish. If you had a thought on that before we go to our next topic, we were talking about the, uh, the sanctity of life issue. Any, any other th- final thoughts on that? Well, it's just um, it, as, as much as the, the media and the Democrats try to obscure the issue, it really is uh, simple. Do, do we value the sanctity of every single human life? That r- really is on the ballot. Uh, this fall. They're right about that part. But you have to choose which side you're on. And and the other yeah. side is advancement of, as we said, abortion to the very end. And they're not just going to codify Roe, Tony. They're going to go further than Roe because they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, 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 of course, get rid of the whole trimester framework and all the rest of it. So it's, it's, a, it's a stark contrast. Yeah. And I, folks need to understand that, that it's not about, well, okay, so they're going to maintain status quo. They want abortion on demand until the moment of birth and beyond, as we've seen in some cases, in every state across the nation, no restrictions, and Americans paying for it. So you're right. Abortion is on the ballot, among many other issues. Security, yeah. the border security, crime, inflation. I mean, what what is not messed up under this administration? But I want to go to this topic because you addressed it last week. You sent a letter. You led a letter from uh, you and several of your colleagues to the Secretary of the Army, our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, uh, regarding the vaccine. I mean, we now have plenty of evidence that the vaccine is not very effective. The president himself declaring the pandemic is over. We have a deficit of recruiting in the Army. We, and we're, we're about to kick out tens of thousands of healthy men and women. Why? What's going on here? I wish I could answer that question. We have been seeking that answer earnestly, as you know, for months. And and as you said, most recently last week, after the president himself declared that the pandemic is over, why in the world would the leadership of our military continue with this ridiculous vaccine mandate? You know, Tony, you have to recognize that, first of all, this is the worst recruiting year in the history of the United States military since we've been keeping the records on all this. Um, we're, we are way below the target number for the year, about about half of what is necessary right. to maintain the military, to maintain the status quo. And the reason is very let, let, simple. Let me, let, 
Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'm going to ask you that. Give, give us the reason that they're only meeting 52% of their goal in recruiting. Yeah, it, it's not rocket science. This is very simple. It's the vaccine mandate. They have eliminated, just out of the gates, about 40% of the prospective recruits. You know, 18 to 25-year-old males is the target demographic. Well, about 40% or more of them, depending on which part of the country you're in, have chosen not to be vaccinated. And so they are eliminated. They, they cannot be recruits to the U.S. military. So that is having a huge negative effect, obviously, on recruiting. But doesn't the science say that that demographic really doesn't need the vaccine? Right. Let's follow the science, right? That's what they tell us all the time. And we keep pointing out that that very demographic is the one that is least at risk uh, from COVID, even at the height of the uh, of the pandemic. And so, I mean, these are obvious facts. They're they're backed up by the science, but the leadership of the military um, it pays no attention to it. And it, it, it is it is so harmful to the country. We live in a very dangerous time. I mean, I'm stating the obvious here. We have terrorists and tyrants who are, uh, you know, flexing their muscles all around the world from China to Russia to Iran, North Korea. We need our military to be operating at, at full readiness capacity and we need every recruit we can get. And so to use this technicality to prevent persons who want to serve is just outrageous. And by the way, you have the current uh, men and women who are in the military, 100,000, about 100,000 of our uh, soldiers and military service uh, persons are subject to be uh, discharged from the military right now. And they've not told us yet what they're going to do about that either. So it is just an incredible situation. It defies common sense. And there really is no obvious reason for it. Now, Congressman Johnson, I know you've heard from many of your constituents. I've heard from uh, young men and women who are being thrust out of the military because they will not get the vaccine. Is there a chance? Will we see if the Republicans gain control of of Congress that we could see these men and women um, this a reversal where they could be brought back into the military after they've been pushed out under these conditions? That is certainly going to be our a goal of ours and our commitment to America. One of the, the primary pillars is a nation that's safe, and obviously you've got to maintain your military uh, to do that. And, and of course, it's an essential and fundamental value of ours as Americans to protect the right of conscience, the, the, the right to our sincerely held religious beliefs. Uh, many of the persons who decided not to be vaccinated did it for religious reasons. And none of those uh, exceptions have been granted a very small handful. There's been litigation over that that you've covered and we've talked about. And some of that litigation has been successful, but not enough. And much of it is still on appeal. So, yes, if a Republican-led Congress, if we get the gavels back, this is going to be a top priority of ours because we must do it to keep the country safe. This is not a game. We should not be playing politics with the military. We should not be pursuing right. political agendas. We should be keeping the people safe, and, and that's in jeopardy right now. Uh, one of those that signed the letter with you, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, said that the religious exemption process is a fraud. Yeah, because all of the information that we've been working to gather in the House Armed Services Committee and House Judiciary, House Oversight, uh, leads us to that conclusion that there's not a lot of rational thought that's gone into these big decisions, obviously, and, and the whole system itself uh, seems to be fraught with error, if not outright fraud. They should be allowing exemptions for, for good reason. They should be listening to their soldiers. I mean, you have uh, top officers in the military who've been affected by this. Navy SEALs, you know how much money it takes to train right. and, and equip 
AB SEAL, you can't put out a help wanted sign and just recruit new ones overnight. I mean, this is this is serious business and it's putting our nation in jeopardy. And you know who's laughing about it the whole time? China, Russia, Iran, yeah. North Korea, all of, all of our adversaries. It's a dangerous thing. Our wokeness is playing right into their hands. Congressman Mike Johnson, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, my friend. Great to see you. All right. Congressman Mike Johnson of uh, Louisiana. All right. Well, coming up next, the Coast Guard is actually even worse. Now, the Coast Guard is a little different because it comes under the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Transportation. So it's it's uh, it doesn't come under the Department of Defense. But normally they follow their same policies, but they're even worse when it comes to the vaccine or the shot for COVID. We're going to be talking with one of the retired admirals that's spoken out about what's happening in the Coast Guard. You won't want to miss that conversation. That's next on the other side of the break. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. According to the president, as we mentioned earlier, the pandemic is over. I think he's catching up to what most of us knew for quite some time. But you know what? Somebody needs to tell that to the Coast Guard, which even today is sticking to its COVID vaccine mandate by denying guardsmen religious accommodation requests and discharging those that are not vaccinated. In fact, last week, the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in New London, Connecticut, allegedly discharged seven cadets 
after denying their request for religious exemption to the military's COVID vaccine mandate. What's going on? Well, joining us now to discuss this is retired Vice Admiral William Lee. Admiral, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to be back, Tony. So, Admiral, I, I may have been a year or so ago we talked about this, and, and there were, we actually discussed how the Coast Guard was approaching this issue, and, and you were giving them the benefit of the doubt at that point. But it appears that they've gone off the rails as it pertains to this vaccine mandate. Tell us about it. Well, you're right. The last time we talked, um, we were talking about this very issue, the, the, the mandatory vaccine mandate. And at that time, as I told you, if I'd have been an operational commander, I'd have been in favor of the mandate. I mean, my, my job when I was on active duty was to keep a ready uh, force because we're, you know, we're, we're first responders and we got to be ready to respond. But things have changed. I mean, we're on the other side of this pandemic now. And, and as you pointed out already, the, the president himself has, has already declared it over. Yet we're still, in, we're still treating it in the military services as if it were still a raging fire. And, yeah, there's still cases out there, but it's smoldering in embers now, and we need to back off a little bit. I got involved in this because a lawyer representing those seven cadets asked me to because nobody else was advocating for them. You got seven cadets who we went out and actively recruited, and they are the perfect DEI scorecard. I mean, there's five minorities and two Caucasian women that we have thrown out of the service when all of the services are repeatedly beating that diversity drum as hard as they can, and this makes no sense, especially when you look at it from the equity standpoint. If they were treating him equitably, they would treat him just like the other cadets at Annapolis and West Point and the Air Force Academy, where all of the unvaxxed cadets are still able to go to class while they sort this mess out in the courts. Because the whole issue revolving around the mandatory vaccine, the, or, the legality of the order, and the efficacy of the, of the vaccine itself is under question. Why don't we take a pause and let these young men and women go back to college and, and treat them like everybody else in the other service academies? That's my argument. Over. So, Admiral, given what you know, why is the Coast Guard not taking that approach? What is behind this? I can't answer that, Tony. I, would, I wish that the, uh, the commandant and the vice commandant would answer it. Um, I did have a brief conversation with the vice commandant the other day, who was a good friend of mine. And, and I want to make, make it clear. I'm not looking to attack my former colleagues. Only the decision. Only this decision here. Because to me, it's hypocrisy. If you really mean what you say about diversity and equity and inclusion, treat these people like you mean it. All right. One of the, one of the cadets is a black male who just got awarded a coveted leadership award voted on by his peers at the academy. How can you, how can you on one side of the academy think they're unsuitable for service, on the other side think, put, give them an award for exemplary service? Makes no sense at all. Admiral, to me, you know, given what the facts that I've seen and what you've shared here, this looks like it's just pure politics, that the administration made a policy decision, and because of the politics surrounding it, afraid to back away from it. 
I agree with you. At some point in time, we need leaders to step up and say, that's enough, boss. We need to turn this off because we're no longer, you know, the readiness issue, the threat to readiness is no longer the pandemic. It is now, it's now going to be created by the gaps as we continue to purge people out, good, healthy people who want to serve with actual religious exemptions and been denied them, it's going to take a long time to fill those gaps. You got to recruit them, recruiting's down, and then you got to train them. This is far more egregious to the, uh, or has a more of a adverse impact on readiness than, the, than COVID does now. It wasn't this a year ago, but now we need to take a, another look at it. Over. Well, Admiral, uh, coming up next, I'm going to be talking with a mutual friend of ours, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, about that very fact. When you look at the volatility of the world in which we live today, now is not the time that we need to have a gap, that we need to we need to be full force, totally ready for what may uh, confront our nation. Unfortunately, I think these policies, as you said, the Church of Wokeology is alive and well in the United States military armed services. And uh, unfortunately, that is hampering our readiness. Admiral Lee, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, sir. All right. Folks, again, I I would encourage you to contact your members of Congress about this. This is a national security issue. We're going to talk next with General Boykin. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about what's happening in Russia. Vladimir Putin, once again, rattling the saber about nuclear weapons. We've got Iran. That, and that, that place is volatile. And what are we doing? We're driving out qualified men and women from our military because they haven't got the pres- gotten the president's COVID shot. It's dangerous. Dangerous politics that the left is playing. All right, don't go away. General Boykins, here next. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
with just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Good to have you with us on this Monday. All right. Hope you had a great weekend. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me, uh, I mentioned this top of the program, our stand on the word Bible reading plan each day. I have a verse based on our reading plan, but I'd invite you to join us on this journey through the Bible. You can find out more about it by going to frc.org slash Bible. It is, uh, we've got tens of thousands of people across the country joining us. You can join with us. And if you'd like, each morning about 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time, I have a daily devotional that goes along with the Bible reading plan. You can Find it at TonyPerkins.com, or you can join me on my Facebook page. I've got other things on my Facebook page, Tony Perkins. Just look me up. Love to have you each morning, 8.44 a.m., for our journey through the Word. In light of the evidence that Russia is struggling with its uh, Ukraine invasion, the U.S. has warned Russian President Vladimir Putin that there will be, quote, catastrophic consequences, end quote, if the Russian leader were to use a nuclear weapon, which he suggested could be a possibility last week. The Biden administration has not said what those consequences might be and has declined to answer when asked if the response could include a direct fight. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. General Boykin is a founding member of the Army's elite Delta Force. Uh, he is the former deputy undersecretary for the uh, department of at the Department of Defense uh, for military intelligence, and uh, he is the executive vice president here at the Family Research Council. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. Good to be with you again. Yeah, I always get that title mixed up because you know Army and intelligence just doesn't quite go together. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So. Can you provide the latest you've been hearing on the situation in Ukraine? I mean, Russia is getting, I mean, they're getting smacked. And and Putin is calling up 300,000 reservists or recruiting, uh, trying to get recruits. It sounds like he's in a pretty desperate situation. Well, I think he is. And and I have kind of said for the last few months that uh, 
he really needed to maintain support on the home front. Uh, the mothers in Russia are, are not going to stand for having their sons come home in body bags, and that's exactly what's happening. And uh, the uh, the Russians came out of Afghanistan after 10 years there because of exactly the same thing. And I think we're seeing uh, history repeat itself as far as that goes. Of course, the world's different. You know, Putin, I think, has his back against the wall this time. And he said last week, quote, we will certainly use all the means at our disposal, which many take was a clear reference to a nuclear threat. Um, is it possible that he might use at least tactical nukes uh, there in Ukraine? Anything is possible with him. But uh, my personal view on this thing is that uh, the he is not going to do that. He's not going to resort to even a tactical nuke. First of all, his own people can't deal with that. I mean, he's got people in that battle space as well. And uh, secondly, though, I think that if he does do that, I I don't think that it necessarily will trigger a, uh, a nuclear uh, reaction from the U.S. or our uh, other two uh, nuclear allies over in the uh, European Union there, or NATO, that being France and uh, Britain, I don't think it necessarily means that we're going to respond with a nuke. I think that what it does mean, though, is that the war is over for Putin because what we will do, I'm absolutely convinced, is we will bomb them, uh, we will fire missiles into there, we will probably put very few troops, if any, on the ground, but I think that we'll have a bombing campaign like you have not seen uh, probably in recent history. All right. We were talking earlier with uh, Congressman Mike Johnson. Uh, we were just talking with uh, a mutual friend of ours, Admiral Dean Lee, about what's happened in the Coast Guard, where we're seeing, you know, the Army um, only meeting 52 percent of its goal of recruitment this last year. But at the same time, we see nearly 100,000 soldiers in the pipeline to be pushed out for not getting the COVID uh, shot. The Air Force is the same way. Do we have the capability to address a potential situation in Russia? And then I haven't even gotten to the issue with Iran yet. I mean, what is the state of our military? Our military is in decline, Tony. There's no other way to put it. Our military is in decline. That is one of the reasons that you see the recruiting problems that are occurring right now is young men and women all across America are watching what our military is doing. They're watching the uh, way that our young men and women are, are being bullied by their chain of command. They're watching how they're wasting their time in uh, these classes to make them more woke. And uh, they are realizing that the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard are not good places to be right now because they're not serious about the only mission that four of those five services had, and that is to win the nation's wars. Admiral Lee made a point that you make very frequently, and that is you can't flip a switch and change this, that you're going to have, as we see now with this recruiting issue, we see seasoned. I mean, we. I mean, these some of these are officers that are being pushed out of the military, men and women who have uh, years of service and training that are being pushed out. This leaves a tremendous leadership gap. This is going to take some time to to overcome. And it 
and quite frankly, to me, speaks as well to an election issue. You have to have those in positions of leadership in Congress, in the White House, that understand what you just laid out is the purpose of our military and not to use them for, you know, political gambits in this, uh, in their bigger pursuit of their ideological agenda. Yeah, that's right, Tony. And and the hardest thing to do is to uh, put in new leadership uh, that uh, really understands and is focused on the mission of our military. And when you have uh, a president and a, an administration that are choosing senior leaders based on whether they will support his woke agenda, uh, and those that are not willing to are being told that it's time to retire, uh, you've got a gap. You've got a void there. So if you even if we changed commander-in-chief tomorrow, uh, who do you put in these senior positions uh, the, the people that are being brought up by this administration, well, that's not going to work. So we have got to, uh, first of all, we got to choose wisely when we go to the polls and remember that uh, the uh, commander in chief is the president of the United States. Secondly, the uh, Congress has a lot to do with the readiness and the health of our military and those people that will be on the armed services committees and those people that will be voting for things that have to do with the readiness of our military. We need to choose wisely. So there's nothing more important right now for us as Americans than to get the right people in the right positions to preserve the integrity and the readiness of our military. So, General, I want to ask you a question. You, you You've got these in the pipeline who have come up under these liberal policies. And so when a president comes in and he's choosing his military leadership, is there any way to circumvent this? If all you have in the pipeline are those that were weaned on wokeness, how how do you how do you fix it? Well, you don't do it overnight. I can tell you that. I mean, it's going to you're going to have to have a commander in chief. Uh, that is understands the mission of the military and is willing to make hard decisions with regard to choosing the next level of leadership. And uh, but it's going to take time. You've got to raise up a new breed, a new generation that are battle hardened, but they also are people who focus on the men and the mission, not just a woke agenda or any other agenda outside of winning the nation's wars. And so Congress can play a role in this as well as in the ranks of the flag officers, the generals, the, the, the Senate weighs in on that. And so if there's evidence of those who have been a part of the woke wave pushing this in our military, they can weigh in when it comes time for them getting their stars and bars. That is true. But they, they've got to have that information. And that is that information is not necessarily available to them when they get a list. For example, if you if you have a brigadier general list, uh, they don't necessarily get the information on all of those people on that list unless someone has tipped them off. Now, at, at your direction, we did that when John McCain was still in the armed services business. We did that. We went and identified some of these colonels that had infringed on the uh, the the rights, the First Amendment rights of people in the military, we went and said to Mr. McCain, would you please make sure that this name comes out on any of these lists that you have to confirm that you give them a, 
a hard look because here's what they've done. And unless you've got people that are going to them and giving them that kind of information, they don't necessarily see that. So they're not the key to this unless they have mm -hmm. the information. Well, it sounds like a great uh, project for retired flag officers, as you know, Admiral Lee was just on to begin identifying those. And if and when we've got those in uh, in leadership that understand the importance of the military, they can weigh in on that. All right, General, before we run out of time, I want to switch to the issue of Iran. Uh, Jake Sullivan was on uh, the weekend shows, and I want to play a clip of what he had to say on Face the Nation. We're talking about diplomacy to prevent Iran from ever getting a nuclear weapon. Okay. If we can succeed in that effort, and we are determined to succeed in that effort, the world, America, and our allies will be safer. General, what's going on with Iran and the Biden administration? Yeah, this, this, this is, uh, that's not true. What Jake Sullivan just said was not true. And I think that uh, the the analyst, when this thing came out in 2015, I believe it was, the JCPOA, uh, even the analyst admitted that this put them on a pathway to a nuclear weapon, although it would draw it out for about 10 years. So to say that they're not going to get a nuclear weapon uh, is just simply not true. And And by the way, they have violated every provision of this JCPOA uh, since it was uh, it became effective in 2015. So I, this administration is, is, I don't know, they're tone deaf to any criticism of this. And, and think about all of the rioting that's going on over there right now because the uh, these uh, moral police or morality police uh, killed this woman that was not wearing the hijab the correct way. And, and go back to last week when our president stood up and talked about how important it was for us to set the standards, my words, but to set the standards for democracy around the world. And now what are we doing? We are, uh, we are supporting a, a country that uh, is abusing its own people, and we're about to give them more money and a pathway to a nuclear weapon. And I, I am appalled that uh, this this administration doesn't see the, the light on this. But when you look at Iran and the Iranian people, they are aligned with us. They want freedom. This is just this regime that is bearing down on them. And if we were to go back to the, to the way the Trump administration was dealing with them, to destabilize the Iranian regime, the people, quite frankly, could probably take care of a lot of this themselves. Tony, I talked to a missionary uh, that is living underground there in, in Tehran uh, and has been for over a decade. And he, he, he told me and, uh, and some others that are fairly well-known people that uh, the people in Iran are so fed up with their government that they, it's only a matter of time until it's going to explode. And I think you may be seeing that right now. But he said they are fed up with the, not only the government, the mullahs the, that, that run the government, but they're also fed up with Islam because he said they are now, they won't let the, uh, the, the, the prayer call go out over loudspeakers because they call it noise pollution because all they've seen is the absolute worst of, of uh, Islam and they are fed up with it, and, and especially the youth. So I look, 
the president ought to be encouraging these people and uh, and and not continuing down this path to giving them a nuclear weapon. Because as long as we're negotiating with them, or at least they're talking about negotiating, we're only bolstering a, a teetering government to begin with. That's exactly right. And where does it go? Where does it end? And uh, I, I keep hearing this, we're not going to let them have a nuclear weapon, but uh, so far there's been no indications that they're willing to make the tough decisions with regards to this. Look, Donald Trump made a tough decision when he pulled out of this. But Trump was a realist. He understood the, what these people were about. He understood the passion they had for dominating the Middle East because they would be a nuclear power. And he also understood the threat to Israel, uh, Saudi Arabia, and some of the other Gulf states there that uh, have, have been at odds with Iran for many, many years. Yeah, this actually puts uh, the U.S. out of step with many of those in the Middle East, Israel, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and others who are very concerned about uh, Iran and their capability. General Jerry Boykin, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Tony. All right, that was retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence at the Pentagon, and now the Executive Vice President here at the Family Research Council. Folks, great to have you with us today as well. Be sure and visit the website, TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words that the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, and when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand... He says, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 